Now on Food FM, it's a new series with Arthur Potts Dawson, The Coffee Table. First of all, a word from our sponsors. Founded in 1927 by Giuseppe and Bruno Bambi, La Mazzocco had its beginnings in Florence, Italy, birthplace of the Italian Renaissance. It seems only fitting that La Mazzocco would earn a world-renowned reputation for making beautiful, high-quality, superbly crafted and uniquely designed espresso machines with great attention to detail. Even today, highly specialised personnel supervise each stage in the production of every single machine handcrafted to order for each and every client, from the kitchen counter to the speciality coffee bar. The Coffee Table on Food FM with La Mazzocco. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Hi, welcome to Food FM. My name is Arthur Potsdorsen and this is The Coffee Table. Uh, we've got Marco Arrigo here talking about coffee, all different elements of it. If you haven't already caught our espresso sessions, please go back to that and listen to how to make the perfect espresso because now we're going to build on that because I can't just open a coffee shop just with espresso. Now can I, Marco? First of all, hi Marco. How are you? Um, welcome back to the coffee table. Is espresso enough? I'd love to think, yeah, I'd love to do that. One day I'll get there. One day I'm going to do a bar and just do espresso, <laughs> you know. Um, I think James Hoffman did a bar a few years ago where he just served like three filter coffees with no cream or sugar or anything. And I, I'd love to say I got it at the time, but I didn't. And now with age and wisdom, I look back and just think it was absolute genius. But I, I wish I got it when he did it, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's where we're going. I think that's when we get a real proper coffee culture in this country is when we, get, we become these purists where we drink the coffee and enjoy the coffee and, and, and notice all those lovely flavours and elements in the coffee without chucking stuff in it that completely changes it, you know. So, Marco, it's the coffee table today and we're going to talk about more than just espresso because we talked about coffee coffee beans and how the beans and the oil in the beans blends with the water under high pressure high hot water pressure to create an espresso but now we add something different we're adding dairy whole milk mm. and creating a menu of coffee so you know if i was to open up a cafe marco can you run me through what coffees I should have and, and how you would make them. I think you start with the first element is you've got a perfect espresso, okay? With, we can't go any further unless you've got a perfect espresso, okay? You've got to have the crema, no hole in the crema. As soon as you get a hole in the crema, you're losing stuff. You're, you know, this is uh, the, the basic, basic start. Now we decide, do we go water or do we go milk? If we go towards cappuccino, latte, macchiato, flat white and in that direction, then we have to froth a jug of milk. If we go water towards Americano, we're just making a lot. Lots of people can't take milk. And uh, I, I was very anti-Americano for years and years and years and years. As a barista, I got very upset if I was sent to a job and then they ordered an Americano. You know, I've, I've, I've been all the way to Edinburgh for a job and they ordered an Americano. So an Americano is basically what, a long espresso? It's just a double espresso with a shot of hot water. Um, came from 1944 when the Americans started going through Italy and, and they thought the espresso was a bit strong and spat it on the floor. So when they entered the bars, the owner of the bar would shout across at the barista, Americano, because in Italy, if we dilute anything and make it big and trashy, we call it American. <laughs> we take a Negroni and we put tonic water in it, it's an Americano. Yeah. You know? Okay, so we've got, so an Americano is, is, is a long black coffee, so espresso with hot water in it. Yeah, okay, so we, so this is when you say we go, we either go towards milk or we go to water. So, so water is an Americano, milk is? 
everything else now I mean this is the rest of the menu and milk you can divide into two things it's frothy or it's flat without getting too complicated the mouth feel you order a cappuccino because you want to have this um, amazing uh, you want to taste the espresso it's a stronger tasting drink because the espresso only mixes with a third of milk it's a third of milk a third of coffee a third of foam when you froth the milk it automatically goes half foam half milk you can't do more that's physics you can't go beyond that so you can't over froth the milk but you can burn it if you go too hot yeah, right you can cock it up but yeah. you can't make more froth than half that's okay. a, that's the limit okay. so you take your jug of milk and you froth it half and half and you leave that aside you make your espresso which is always one third of the cup now when i top it up that half and half becomes a third a third a third does that make sense to you? Yeah, that? I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I pour this mixture of milk that's going to ha go half foam, half milk, when I pour that into the other two third gap in the cup, mm. it becomes the cappuccino, the cappuccino because I've put the foam in. Mm. Now, the foam doesn't mix with the coffee. So you, the cappuccino always tastes stronger. Big thing I fought with in the UK was people thought that cappuccino was two shots and the latte was one shot because the cappuccino tasted stronger. It took every fifth training session I had to put that one to bed um it's not it's just it tastes stronger because the coffee doesn't mix so much with the latte the third of coffee mixes with two thirds of flat milk and it dilutes more but you get a kind of smoother silkier weaker kind of experience and it's different and it can be nice and there's a fine 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 layer of foam literally one millimeter just enough to do your latte art your leaf and we'll kind of get into latte art as mm. a very important way of training for me mm. you know if you order a if i order a cappuccino and it's got a flower on it it's not a cappuccino because as soon as i move that flower aside there's one millimeter of foam mm. that ain't a cappuccino mm. and the Cappuccino has been killed off by latte art in Italy and in England. If you don't do a heart on a cappuccino, it's not a cappuccino. You're not dropping the nose of the jug down and getting all... When you're making a, when you're making a cappuccino or a latte, you're taking a jug of milk. It's, you froth the milk perfectly. But when you pour a cappuccino, it's like you've got a jug full of water and ice. If I want a cappuccino, I want to pour all the ice cubes into the cup. So I literally drop the cup with my left hand and I pivot the jug so that the arse of the jug is in the air, points upwards. And then all that foam goes into the cup. But when I, and that only comes when I do a heart on, on a cappuccino. It just about comes when you do a tulip or something. But when you do a latte and you do a flower, then the jug stops and stays flat. And of course, all that foam doesn't come out. You will never get a cappuccino with a flower on it because the, 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 the art of making that flower doesn't, doesn't manipulate the jug in the right way for the foam to come out. Mm -hmm. So it's a, the latte art can kill it or the latte art can be a brilliant way of understanding it and, and pouring it. So in the training, you do a heart for a cappuccino, a flower for a latte, and they're always perfect. So we're frothing the milk. We're frothing the milk to make it hot because you don't want to put cold milk into <laughs> coffee. Is there a crime in putting cold milk in coffee? No, no. I mean, macchiato freddo is the biggest. If you go to Italy and ask for a macchiato, you'll get a macchiato freddo, which is an espresso with a dash of milk. And that's how most macchiatos are in Italy. The, the foamy baby chino thing that we get, I think, was more... Uh, experienced by you know a Starbucks or someone mm. sort of showing us these baby chinos mm. and all this playing with foam, which mm. was which was revolutionary of them at the time because I, although we had it, I don't think we ever identified it. Mm. You know, we always said the Italians always said, ah yeah yeah, we had latte. 
I never really saw one until Starbucks realised they had a huge wastage of milk and they had to do something with it. Mm. And the latte, I would, I would credit it more to Starbucks than any Italian bar in the world, you know. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. The Coffee Table with Lamazocco Espresso Machines, handmade in Florence since 1927. So we've got uh, hot milk, which has been foamed, which is adding air to it, which is changing the feel on the palate and on the lip. Um, is it improving flavour at all, this foam to, to milk ratio? No, I mean, when you, when you heat milk and you foam it like that, you sweeten it. And that's why we heat baby's milk, is we sweeten it, these starches and the, the, everything becomes sweeter. But the texture in the mouthfeel is something you can't describe. We're making this micro bubble structure. The texture is so smooth in your mouth. And this is what it is. Why would somebody order a cappuccino or a latte? They're two opposites. They're two complete opposites. And you, you, they have two complete different experiences and textures and if you make them correctly they taste completely different and I hope we're going to make the whole menu now in one go what I want to do today is show you how easy it is to make your whole menu with one jug we take one jug of milk froth it and then pour layer by layer the first layer that pours off is the cappuccino layer the second layer is the latte the third layer is the flat white and the last foam the best best foam we have to wait for it to split completely we want all the proteins to shrink really really fast we may even shock it by putting it in the fridge quickly for 10 seconds and it shocks all the proteins to separate and we get this amazing foam at the bottom the finest finest foam and that's the macchiato foam yeah, so with macchiato so the one thing we haven't talked about at the moment is, is flat white which i feel has sort of been absorbed by the uk and maybe europe and maybe america from either new zealand or australia is the flat white come from there where does the flat white come from i think i've i've been persecuted by both sides one <laughs> i i can't remember if it was new zealanders do it in a glass and the australians do it in a china cup and I don't know who invented it, which one, but, but it came from that part of the world. And it's just a lovely little strong coffee. And this is just the evolution of coffee. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to evolve to, to use chopsticks one day, yeah. you know, uh, and that's where they not, are. Not, not to drink our coffee, obviously, no, of course. <laughs> it's the evolution of, yeah. of everything. And I think that um, the, the Australians, I mean, in the hot climate as well, how can they sit there in the sun at 50 degrees with a flipping 16 ounce latte? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a very hot country. Mm -hmm. And now we flip the coffees too. Hot and cold is another complete doubling of, of the menu mm -hmm. that we can do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in Australia, they're quite ahead of us in, 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 in that. And they do a piccolo and a flat white, but then they're getting very samey as well. Um, you know, they're, they're, once you start making something smaller, that, you know, we don't have a huge choice. We're not a cocktail bar where I've got a thousand ingredients to choose from, a million ingredients to choose from. I've got four things. I've got water, milk, chocolate, coffee. you know, and coffee. Yeah. And uh, I can't do much more yeah. uh, with it. And, you know, unless you start playing with syrups, which of all sorts of different qualities. I mean, why would you go to so much trouble to make beautiful, beautiful coffee and then just pour some cheap syrup in it that you don't know what's in it? Marco, we've got a, a well, there's not even a challenge because I know that you're up to this because you've, you've shown me this before, but Marco's going to start banging around here. So so in my hand, Marco's put down in front of me a, um, a metal jug, which you've probably all seen in those coffee shops that you go to. Um, it's basically got a, a sort of metal spout, uh, a metal handle, and um, I don't know, probably holds about a pint of liquid, uh, maybe more, maybe a litre. And then alongside that, we've got a two litre jug of whole milk. 
Uh, and the whole milk's actually cold because you've gotten this milk out of the, out of the fridge, Marco. Yes. I keep my milk in the fridge always. And, and definitely whole milk? There is only whole milk. This is how milk comes out of a cow. Right. I mean, unless you love processed milk. They take they like to make cheese and ice cream and butter and things out of milk. And the rubbish that's left over, they call skimmed and semi-skimmed. And it's stuff we used to throw away or we used to spray it on the fields. Mm. Uh, we used to feed it to pigs to fatten them up. But no one's making coffee with uh, skimmed milk, are they? Yeah. People think they lose weight by, by tricking their bodies into drinking skimmed milk. But in, in massive, massive long tests that they've done now, I think the, there was a test in Finland for like been going about 17 years. Everyone that was on the skimmed milk put on weight and everyone on the whole milk lost weight because there's statins and there's all sorts of natural things in here to protect your heart. And skimmed milk is just milk that's had all the fats and the goodness taken out, the nutrients. So we've got whole milk and um, what are you rummaging around for, Mark? I can see you're rummaging for something. So what are you going for? Frappuccino cup. We need a latte. We need a flat white. We need and a I can, I can see we're going down in size for each one. The cappuccino is the biggest glass. It looks like we're making them in glasses here. We've got a big glass, a glass slightly smaller, and the one smaller than that. And then we've got little shot glasses, which I'm assuming will be for the macchiato, because if you know uh, much about this, the macchiato is basically a shot of coffee with a little bit of milk in it. Okay, but we've got one, two, three, four, and five glasses. Are you adding a sixth glass? Oh yeah, so he's adding a sixth no, glass. No, let's go nuts. Let's, nope. let's take it like that. Five okay. glasses. Okay. So, my point is, I'm, 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 and here I'm using a one litre jug, okay? Um, I notice in lots and lots of little coffee shops, they, they use a tiny, tiny little barbie jug and they literally do one cup at a time, mm. which is fantastically slow way of working. Um, you need to evolve into a one litre jug where you can froth a jug of milk and serve five customers at the same time. Mm. It means like a chef standing there with a little saucepan, you know, mm. it's the same thing. Yeah. So it's a, it's a litre jug, it's metal, it hasn't got any kind of uh, weights or measurements on it, but you're going to pour up to the base of the spout, is that right? Basically, the spout starts halfway up the jug. Mm. It starts to steal. If you haven't got a spout, you can't do latte art mm. very well. Mm. Um, it, the other kind of jugs are for spooning. Mm. Spooning's okay in your first week, but you need to learn how to operate a jug at mm. some point. Okay, so cold milk into the metal jug. So we fill the jug halfway up. Yeah, I can right. see it halfway you up, just to room. the base of the spout. Yeah. You need room for it to spin round and round and round. If we go to the coffee machine, the first thing I want to do is blow its nose. Water's going to condense in the steam wand. And if you stand back, you'll probably I'm standing get back. It. Yeah, it I'm going to get wet here. Everything. Yeah, okay. So look, the water comes out and it can hit me there. Yeah. And blow its nose, get rid of that water. Now I've got lovely dry steam. Just look at this yeah. steam. It's 135 degrees, but it doesn't hurt me. It's dry. It's got no water in it. Right. I don't want to put water in my milk. No, okay. So a good quality coffee machine doesn't do that. Now, if I was to just place this here, on here, so that I'm not actually even holding it, so that it sits, it sits in the milk. Can you see? Can so, you... so the, the 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 nozzle of this steamer is now sitting um, about three centimeters into the cold milk. Mm. Um, you know, Marco's basically got the jug kind of sort of perched underneath the um, the, the, the the steam spout. Mm. And what are you going to do now, Marco? So if you see, I've got it, it's going, the, the steam wand is going through the pourer. That way I position it in the same place every single, I take this very, very scientifically every single time you do it. So I've got this steam wand one centimetre from the edge. And what I want to happen is when I open up the steam, I want it to spin. So you've got to put it at a slight angle. And I find that the angle on the spout is the right angle for it to turn, for it to uh, spin it round. Mm. Now, if I open it fully, 
the steam is going to push the milk down. When it pushes it down this side, it lifts it up that side and it's going to start spinning. And it's going to spin and turn. I'm not touching it. You see that little hole, that little pinhole that developed? Yeah. That's sucking down all the bubbles for me, look. Mm -hmm. It's doing it without me touching it. So you're not so swirling it, you're not stirring it, you're just literally just, just watching spinning. it. Yeah. It's just spinning. And so it looks a bit a bit like a sort of whirlpool. A little bit in of air is going in. Yeah. You can you hear the hole. steam. Yeah. And you see that the, the little bub, the little pinhole that it's making in front of the spout is just sucking down all the bubbles, and we spin it until it's the right temperature. Oh, big mistake at the end there. I just made a few bubbles, but it doesn't matter. You can always bang your mistakes out. Now, where's my J cloth? Because you need to wipe your pipe as soon as you finish. There you are. It's done. Takes a second. Now, look at that. Now you said um, the, to the right temperature marker. That's obviously a big deal. Now, if I touch this jug, it's it's very hot to touch. I can't keep my hand on it. No. Should I be able to? Yes, you should be able to touch it for a second. All right. So that's okay, that's second. what I can do. Yeah, that's, that's one second. Ah, yeah. yeah, one yeah. second and it gets hot. Now, if you look down on it, yeah. I made a little mistake in them because I've done a few bubbles. Not the end of the world because with one bang, they disappear. All right, the bang has just sort of flattened out. A probably half a centimetre of volume has just disappeared. But all the bubbles are gone. Now, they're all different shapes and sizes. You've got big bubbles and small bubbles, so light can't pass through it. To make it shiny, you have to burst the big bubbles and spin them together, and look, it suddenly gets shiny. Yeah, so what's happened there is that he has banged it twice and, and swished it around three times, and it's gone shiny and smooth and glossy. Marco, you're a magician. Well, that's all it is. It's one bang and one spin. And look, and this is texturing. All my mistakes disappear, and look how beautiful that is. It's almost perfect. Okay, so, so that is, I mean, it looks like almost whipped cream, um, what Mark has been able to do here with just this whole milk. And it's the whole milk that's, that's um, is it because there's a fat in the milk that's holding the structure? Yeah, look, it's being criminalized whole milk. It's not that fatty. It's only 3.5% fat. I mean, if I gave you a yogurt that was 3% fat, you'd call it low fat. But milk is criminalized. Just because there's some product out there we used to chuck away that's got no fat in it, doesn't mean that it's good milk. Um, so this is just how milk should be naturally. Now, what I wanted to show you, we haven't made loads of espressos here, so I'm just gonna use a little bit of red dye just yeah. to show you how it hits after. Okay. But I didn't wanna make loads of noise with the recording studio stuff. I'm just gonna show you the pour. Mm -hmm. Now look, if I spin the milk, last minute, I wanna give it a little spin. Do you see how it was congealing? Yeah. It was starting to form a crust. Yeah. So the, the spinning and the stuff is, is important to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. Now, when I come to my cappuccino, okay, I put it into the middle. I put it down into the middle. I don't know if this is gonna work, okay? And all I wanna do is focus the pour into the middle into one place in the middle and it should make a heart. You see? Yeah. Now all I did was focus the pour into one point. When that dot got to the top, I ran it over mm. and you can see a heart. Yeah, there's a, a beautiful heart shape on the top of the cup. And um, you know, the, it, it, the color is the same all the way through. So the cappuccino doesn't look like it's- Oh, it's not split yet. No, Hold it's on. not split. Yeah. Give it a second. Yeah. It's gonna sort of half, half. I see. That's right. Okay. Okay. So by the time the coffee gets to the guest, then there'll be a sort of half layer of milk and a half layer of foam there. Okay. It's, so now what are you doing next? It's at this point, if you say to me another cappuccino, I can't do it. I can do a crap cappuccino, but I can't do another one exactly the same as the first one. If I knew before that you wanted two, mm. I would pour half of the first one, mm. all of the second one, 
top up the first one and they'd be identical mm. yeah now i've got latte milk here latte milk, okay. i i may be able to do a flat white i may not depending how big this latte glass is if this is small i can probably get a crack out of flat white as well mm. if it's not i can't mm -hmm. yeah so let's do the latte now it's a completely different pour again i like to literally start above like I did with the cappuccino, I literally put the jug. So Marco's saying that the, the jug, you know, is is above the glass, but with the you know the base is above the glass, and and, and then it's a pivot. He's going to pivot over the top, which pushes the pourer onto the edge of the glass, I and now he's pour pouring slowly. And it's all just he's pouring very slowly, and it's now, just milk coming out. At the last bit, you just drop the front, and you can draw on it. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the leaf's on top, but and so but you are pouring time. liquid all the way up until the Absolutely. foam at the end so i did a very slow pour so that more milk went under the foam like we said with the ice cubes i was doing that pour i wasn't wasn't letting the ice cubes out and um just in the last three quarters bit i dropped the nose down one or two centimeters mm. more to let the foam out mm -hmm. and with that i could draw the leaf or the flower mm. or whatever you want to call it yeah but you know the pictures are more for my own entertainment the customer doesn't give a monkeys they put mm. two sugars and stir it right in front of you without mm. even looking at it mm. it's more for your own consistency if i do six cappuccinos all with the same size heart i know they taste the same yeah. if i make the heart bigger i make the drink stronger if I make the heart smaller, I make the drink weaker. So you are adjusting the flavor almost by how much foam you put in the cup. And that's something you can control as a brister. For me, that's the ultimate as a brister. I can actually make it stronger or weaker by the picture I do on it mm. because the foam mixes more or less with the, with the, with the coffee. Mm -hmm. But it's also a sort of consistency where if I can do a thousand coffees a day and they look the same i feel like i've got a certain consistency mm. and it's hard mm. to do it's hard to keep up yeah. all day the reason i kept you chatting so long is because while we were chatting the milk was split and i want it to split so this the is... milk in the jug that we've been working with has, has, has split what do you mean by split marco it's split look it's not together anymore there's two milks there yeah. i can see as as, as now, if I want marco to... puts the jug at an angle you can suddenly see that there's milk forming at the bottom of it and you can see the foam sitting on the top so there's two different experiences here in the jug and one of it is just basically liquid milk which is obviously still hot or at least very warm and he's poured out the liquid milk and what's left inside is pure foam no liquid is that right Marco? yeah but this is that last foam the smallest bubbles right at the bottom of the jug and these are the ones that it's going to make the most beautiful macchiato if you watch this coming out, these bubbles, the ones at the bottom, these, this is that sort of impossible drink that you remember from Italy that doesn't really exist. And this beautiful foam, do you see how that comes it, out? It's sort of pouring out almost like a ribbon. It's sort of sticking to itself and it sort of falls through a bit like lava. Very, very viscous. Yeah, it's the last of the jug, but probably it almost looks like the creamiest part of the jug mark and it's also shiny it's beautiful isn't it because it's the small now look do you tell me do these bubbles look the same look at the cappuccino latte and the, and the, and the macchiato if i put the macchiato here onto the cappuccino and write arthur look i can write your name you can write my name that's how thick this bubble is at the bottom of the jug awesome. now what we've got is yes the cappuccino bubbles are quite big I can see the latte bubbles are smaller than the cappuccino bubbles, and the ones that are sitting in this macchiato, it looks almost as if it's a little mousse. It's like a foam. yeah, it's like a foam. Yeah. Mm. So um, interesting that from from one jug you can get three coffees, three different types of foams, three different types of milks. If I had a bit more milk, I could have done the flat whites in between the. I could see I couldn't squeeze it out with the size of jug I had. Yeah. yeah. I could have done another smaller latte. Yeah. The latte could have been a bit bigger, a bit. Mm. 
you know, and you could have done it. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. The Coffee Table with Lamazocco Espresso Machines, handmade in Florence since 1927. We've gone from the perfect espresso to then either adding water to it, making it an Americano, to then saying, well, we've got some milk here and we're going to make a cappuccino, a latte, a flat white and a macchiato. So you've kind of got five items on my menu now, as well as my espresso. So that's uh, a pretty decent coffee shop menu. And, you know, basically milk, water, coffee and sugar make up about, what, 98% of a coffee shop's menu. Is that right? Um, You've got four things to mix. If you were to go to a very, um, you know, talk to some baristas, they'll tell you they can make, you know, 2,500 different coffees because they're just in their mind mixing water, milk and coffee in every ratio imaginable. Reality is that cappuccino, latte, flat white, macchiato, espresso, americano is 98% of what you're going to do all day. So I wouldn't get too distracted with the other two and a half million coffees <laughs> that no one orders. Yeah. Um, I always thought there was, a one, there was always a wonderful thing to look, look on the menu it was, it was espresso con panna. And we always used to laugh. Everyone who copied Starbucks menu copied this espresso con panna. No one has ever sold one in the history of coffee. But what is it? What is it? It's, it's the, the fact that Starbucks looked in the fridge and realised they had cream and it was something that was on the menu sort of in Italy but not ordered very often. And so they added it to their menu, but I don't think anyone ever ordered one. But what I used to find interesting was who copied Starbucks because they'd always have this espresso con panna on the But menu. what is it? I don't know what it it's is. It's just a squirt of cream into an espresso. Oh, right. And, and, but no one ever sold one. And I, every barista I ever met, I always asked, if you had it on the menu, have you ever sold one? He went, no, never. And I just always found that an anomaly of like, well, they're just copying each other's menus without really get, does it sell? I mean, if it doesn't sell, what the hell you got it on the menu for? Mm. You know, it's because you have those two products. Some people probably went out and bought some cream for that thing mm. that never sold, you know. So I always find it, keep it simple. You've got water, you've got frothy milk, you've got flat milk. We did this when we did Ceremony, we did three coffees, flat, for that. You know, no one minds. It's you either want one or the other. <laughs> you know, we say to people when they order flat white, just pour half the milk in. No one ever does. We still give them the milk. They just pour half of it in. So beyond espresso, which is what I'm calling this session, mm. is that we've we've put an espresso in a cup. We've foamed some milk to just beyond um, blood temperature. So you know, you can touch the but but touch the one sixty. It's around one sixty. One hundred and sixty degrees. Okay, uh, Fahrenheit. 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 Okay. So it's pretty hot, but you can touch it for a second and then you have to take your hand away. And you've made like five different uh, coffees from just one because, foaming. Because I'm using a one-litre jug. Because you're a, a one-litre jug. Uh, so that's, the, that's the next level. Yeah. Because we do millions of big, big events, events where I can do 20 kilos of coffee in one day. When we do freeze and things like this, we do a 20 kilos of coffee in a day on one bar. You learn to work with a two-litre jug, of, you know, massive, massive jugs. And as long as you understand that when you pour, you're pouring more foam. When you use a two-litre jug, the first three cups are literally pure foam. You need to pour it off to the side, start working, and then top it back up as you're working. So it's another kind of level of speed working where you can deliver the quality. Most people, to do latte art, take a very small jug and froth one at a time and do the latte. And it's easy to learn that way. And you'll, you know, the first thing you learn to do is tulips. Everyone starts doing tulips. It's the first thing you learn. But some people get stuck doing it. And I think go, don't get stuck doing tulips with mini Barbie jugs, Nespresso jugs. 
you need to learn how to work up to, to deliver 10 kilos, 20 kilos, 30 kilos of coffee a day perfectly to the same quality, but by using bigger jugs and, and, and frothing the milk and being able to understand how you're you're proportioning the, the foam out there. Marco Rigo, uh, thank you so much. Um, this is the coffee table beyond espresso. My name is Arthur Potts Dawson. This is Food FM. Uh, we'll be back next time to talk about non-dairy milk and whether or not that should be going in coffee or not. Uh, thank you, Marco. I'll see you soon. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. The Coffee Table with Lamazocco Espresso Machines, handmade in Florence since 1927.